0: You're listening to Real Adventures. Talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. For Melbourne Boat Show Docklands, October 26th to 29th. On water, off water. Free tickets and information online. And for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive sea covers. With protection like no other.
1: Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures for the Melbourne Boat Show Docklands, October 26th to 29th on water, off water off-water free tickets and information online. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing boating and the great outdoors. Redmond good morning to you.
2: Good morning Patrick we uh, we caught up with you last obviously when you were up in the old well not the old Mission Beach as such and you did a bit of gallivanting up towards the Cairns region and whatnot. Any more fishing from uh, our last report that we got from you?
1: Yeah, caught a few fish, caught a few Spanish mackerel, which was great because you, okay, can't, you can't actually –
2: You're back home at the moment as well. So you're back back home. Home, you're back home. So, yeah. How
1: would you go uh, Yeah, well, caught a few Spanish mackerel, which was wonderful because you can't keep them. and It's my favorite uh, eating fish at the moment. There is a ban on them in Queensland. So that was uh, unfortunate. But what I did do, I spent a couple of days with a high boat. So I a 4.4-metre boat at South Mission Beach and it had a brand new the, – the boat was old. But it had a brand new Mercury Tillis Deer four stroke. And what it has done is definitely uh, convinced me to upgrade my 30 horsepower Yamaha two stroke, which is a 2003 model. Oh, it's quite young. Um, yeah, well, I just I hadn't got around to it, to be honest. It stayed in the shed for a bit. Do use it every now and then and didn't think, you know, is it really worth upgrading? And then spent the time with this Merc four stroke and it was like, Oh, this is a game changer. Well, tiller steer it, design. Well, the tiller steer design is brilliant. And having the tilt and trim on hand compared to manually doing it, which I've got on my two-stroke now. You're old boy. Exactly. Exactly. And Dad uses the boat a fair bit. So that's that's probably the main reason, to be frank with you. And then the other one was the electric start. Mm. Like, and the, the the gear shift on it, it's just so seamless and smooth They've done a brilliant job on this this engine, and the, the poor guy that was Simon, his name was actually that runs the, the hire company. He's only got a few boats. He's like, this is my pride and joy. Don't don't um, you know, don't bring it back with um, with anything bent. Um, but it was a it was a great couple of weeks, and capped off with a bit of time um, out fishing Redmond, which was nice. And then I I actually um, went to Cairns on the way home, stayed a day there or night there. And spent a bit of time walking around the harbour, ran into Steve Jobs' old boat. You know, Steve Jobs, Apple, Mm. his super yacht is in Cairns at the moment. His widow, um, and and saw that. It looks like
2: like boat sitting on the reef. Is it? uh calls it quite palmer or something
1: his boat no, no no well and there's a little bit a little bit coming up for clive <laughs> a little later in the show redmond so so keep your powder dry there <laughs> old fella um no this thing looks like an ipad on water it's the most futuristic boat i think it, it was built in in 2012 and it, to this day it still looks absolutely incredible great marina set up there um saw some some ripping boats to be honest um but I bought a boat magazine. You know, are you familiar with boat? You know, it's that yacht no, magazine that.
2: You sent me a photo of it. I'd never seen it. No.
1: Been around for a really long period of time. Anyway, long story short, they had a a 40 year uh, episode, uh, 40 year edition episode of you know most influential boats, and their owners, and then you know contrary to you know what I thought, I thought they'd all be Russian oligarchs. Some are, but the vast majority all built their wealth through the tech era whether it was IBM, Microsoft, Apple, et cetera, or, you know, some relation to the success of the the tech era. Out of the 40 boats, I reckon 35 all came from that era, it's quite a quite amazing to read. Just what the are the wealth. They're
2: expensive, aren't on those? Like, put a real, they're really expensive, aren't they? They're, they're like millions of dollars.
1: We're talking, yeah, we're talking 60 million plus yeah, yeah, yeah. and then some. And quite often now, the boats that are 10 years old are more expensive to purchase now simply with the cost of construction. And we've seen that, obviously, with cars. We've seen it in, the, you know, in Australia, the housing crisis, you know is well spoken about but the same for yachts like they are they've gone up you know and not just a million dollars they've gone up tens of millions of dollars so great trip though redmond came home caught plenty of fish um had great weather um speaking of good weather you caught a few flatties here on the, earlier in the week
2: yeah i had a bit of a pretty week everything went wrong for me this week, to be honest with you i bloody come back from adelaide and i think probably on the plane maybe picked up a bit of a bug on the old plane patrick and uh been off my feet most of the week, but I managed to sneak out just for a bit of a relaxing session after a headache, which I'm going to talk about in a second, and we managed to... Uh,
1: we was, that Ned, was that Ned McHenry, the headache? <sighs> got or is the, this a separate one?
2: we got Ned McHenry on the show today, so uh, the boy has some energy. Let's put it that way. To be 23 again <laughs> with real heart, I'll tell you what, i would give you a few dollars. But basically, no, I had a great time with Ned at the North Bank Family Day, and we're going we're gonna to get into that more, so we won't talk about it too much now, but... Yeah, managed to pick up some beautiful ocean flatted. They were cracking size. They weren't too thick, to be honest with you. As in, normally you drop down, you wind up sort of thing. But yep. I actually had to wait 20 seconds in between fish to be – so there was actually the <laughs> weight, They were really, really good size. Like, they were sort of – they were nice and chunky and thick. So around that sort of 40 centimetres, nearly every single fish. So that's really – a lot of the times they're at 30, 35. So they were really, really, really good fish and so great to see. But, oh, my God, I'm, you should have seen what happened that morning during the week when I went out. I hadn't been away, obviously, for a week, been crook, and then didn't get on the boat. And oh, I think I must have left the batteries on, left something gone, flat battery, got my jump pack out. I I wasn't quite charged enough to jump it over. Couldn't jump it, ring the old man. So I'm down the boat around, ring the old man, bring his car down. He comes down to the ramp, drives nose into the ramp, no one around. He goes to jump on the side of my batteries, on the side of his battery of his car, and goes to jump my boat for me and I just back it back into the water and once the alternator runs she'll be right all day and plus I had the jump pack that was half charged it's not enough to get it from dead flat
1: so how long does that last for because that's a that's probably an almost an early tip in terms of yeah as people start to get back into boating and then have their boat sitting in the shed oh it's safe I've got my jump pack that'll get it going
2: I uh, don't have an answer for you there but I a while then that I answers it i don't, I don't, I don't have a, I haven't charged it since i used it i've used it twice so i've never charged it since so probably just the the time that you would have lost power i guess uh, over the time but it lasted like i'm talking years like i reckon i first got it when you and i that lithium one when I, you and i first started this show which is about six years ago now so i've had it for quite some time and i think i've only charged it once maybe i might have charged it when i did that overnight trip at welshpool so yeah, it's lasted quite some time. But anyway, Dad puts his car down, right? So about a prick of a time, can't get it started. I'm cleaning the terminals. Dad jumps my boat, can't jump it for some reason. What the hell's going on here? Anyway, so just pull your car out, Dad. Don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll just go get another jump pack off a of mate. Dad goes to reverse out of the ramp. Dad's car won't start. So the computer, obviously in his car, new cars these days, put it into limp mode. And for some reason, he went to accelerate, he couldn't go backwards up this boat ramp. So he's stuck. So I had to drive up to my mate's mechanic shop, unhook my boat, get a strap, pull him out backwards in neutral. He gets on the flat. Oh, would you believe it? The car starts perfectly fine and drives off. What an absolute prick of a day. I'm also feeling crap. My head's
1: hurting. And you're the most patient person I know. So you would have taken this situation really well. Very calm.
2: I think being sick and my head was hurting me so much. I think at that time I was like, just over life at that stage. <laughs> I was just like, I was past everything. I wasn't even angry or yelling. I'm like, oh, how good is this? <laughs> yeah. I, was just over it. I was just done. I was past that stage where the threshold. <laughs> so had a cricket of a week, Pat. Uh, hopefully next week's much better.
1: We have got the Melbourne boat show next week, which you and I will both be at. I'll be what are you in- looking forward to? What, what, what's the one thing that you're looking at and going, I can't wait to see this.
2: I really enjoy, it's not so much the show. I enjoy engaging with people. Uh, it's a place yep. that I can go uh as such with people and talk fishing and boating like i get it a lot at home and around the ramps but you don't have a lot of time and you don't you give people as much time as you want but it's a place where i'm actually there to do that so you actually got time and day to talk to people if someone wants help with a boat i'm more than happy to go through them so i don't know i really love standing on the north bank stand there for a few hours and if someone wants to look at a boat asking questions and i'm very honest with how i sell a boat uh so yeah i really enjoy that side of it
1: October 26th to the 29th is, of course, the boat show. Kicks off Thursday, 3 p.m. till 7 p.m. at night, clearly. Uh, Friday and Saturday opens at 10 a.m., finishes at 7 p.m. and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Now, it's at New Quay Promenade Harbour Esplanade and the North Wharf, so it is outside, Um, but we experienced it last year. We had great weather. I I can't wait to see Honda's new 250s.
2: Yep, yep. So,
1: 30. you know, new technology. We haven't seen Honda bring out too much new stuff of late, and I'm looking forward to seeing that.
2: You know, can I give you something that we've both been worried about? Can I give you the weather report as we speak, Ready? So far,
1: Friday. Don't, don't do this. Don't
2: 19 and looking good. Good. Saturday, 23 and sunny. They're done.
1: You've just jinxed us. No, you have just jinxed us.
2: Thursday is a little bit of rain, but I'm not there Thursday, so I don't care about Thursday. No one cares about Thursday. Shouldn't
1: say. Nah we're, we're up there Friday. We're up there Friday. Friday.
2: So I'll be there. I've got a hospital appointment with a ticker first thing. Then I'm straight to the uh, boat show. If they don't keep me in the hospital, <laughs> I'm straight to the boat show. But heart's feeling good. And then Saturday I'll be there all day. I'll go back to stage talks. I've got one in the morning sometime, and then I've got one in the afternoon with Lee Ray. I might even – if you're around on the Saturday, I might even get you on the stage Saturday afternoon, come join Lee and I. But i uh, doing a questionnaire as well, Pat, so I just sucked you in. But people don't want
1: to listen to what any time we've ever done these talks. They they're not here to listen to me talk about fishing. They're there to listen to talk for you about fishing, Aaron.
2: Don't worry about the stage talk then. You're out of that. So (laughs) Lee and I will be on there having. It's going to be great. I'm actually really looking forward to this show. It's going to be an absolute cracker.
1: Hey, before we get to our first break, a little bit of news around the traps. Four dealers. This is a bit of a big one, Redmond. Four dealers have been informed that some not all, some examples of their Ford Raptor may need a new engine. Not exactly like, you know, change of windscreen wipers or anything like that. They need a new engine. So, uh, this is a report published by Car Expert um, and they've got hold of a bulletin saying that there's a few that are running rough at idle um, and they're going through a step-by-step diagnosis on how to rectify that problem. Doesn't sound super great. Uh, GWM Ute and Tank 300, if they're not big enough, so GWN is, of course, the brand. If they're not big or luxurious enough, they're potentially bringing out their Canon and Tank 500. So that's that's slated for Australia in the first quarter of 2024. They've done some pretty impressive things in the Australian market. I think they are, of course, a Chinese manufacturer, uh, but they're looking to bring out the first hybrid powertrain in the Ute segment. So we saw, and we reported a few weeks ago, Redmond, Ford teasing their Ford Ranger that had a 45-kilometer range, I think, from memory, matched with, yeah. matched no. with their, yeah, matched with their diesel. Um, no, I so, think
2: was, I think it was 100 odd k without towing.
1: Yes, yeah, so I you think are right.
2: I like Just under half to it. So I think it was just over 100 k, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, and then you've obviously got the you know, the combustion engine that that adds the range on top of that. Uh, but they're looking at a turbocharged two-litre four-cylinder petrol engine mated with an electric motor. So that will be interesting to see. The other one that I think is interesting for the Australian market, even though this is a US report, is that Ford, Ford has confirmed uh, they've cut their work shift significantly in their F-150 lightning truck plant. Mm-hmm. What that means is, well, less people are actually purchasing or putting down orders for the car. So does that affect how it looks globally to introduce it to new markets? Quite clearly, I think Ford Australia will look at the Australian market and go, let's see what the uptake of the new 150 is like with a combustion engine. If there's a really strong demand for it, you know, Probably opens the door up for us, Aaron. But that's a bit of a, uh, a watch this space. And the other one, BYD, which is, of course, a Chinese manufacturer as well, they're launching their first plug-in hybrid ute as well.
2: Before we go to the break, the last bit of fishing news. Did you see on social media during the week the great white that washed up on the beach at Portland? Yes. Unbelievable. So the afternoon before this, right, killer whales of Portland, Bridgewater area, bang, heaps of them. Next day, great white washes up, all its guts taken out of it. The killer whales have had an absolute feast on this great white.
1: They eat the spleens, don't eating. they? Is it the spleens and yeah, the tongue that they eat?
2: Yeah. Liver or sple- they, eat, they eat the guts out of it and they leave it. So there's not many things that can eat the guts out of a great white, and I know the one thing that can, and I know they were there the day before. So I'm tipping the, it was the orcas and killer whales. I'm no scientist. That's for sure, Patrick, but I can put two and two together sometimes, and I've done it there. <laughs>
1: We've got a massive show of real adventures coming your way this morning, all for the Melbourne Boat Show Docklands, October 26 to 29. Both Aaron and I are going to be there on water, off water, free tickets and information online. You're listening to Real Adventures.
0: You're listening to Real Adventures. Talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors. For Melbourne Boat Show Docklands, October 26th to 29th. On water, off water. Free tickets and information online. And for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive sea covers. With protection like no other.
1: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for the whip around for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable, start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au and we kick things off in New South Wales, Redmond, Bateman's Bay. Snapper to the five kilo mark, some decent sized fish there.
2: Yeah, that different breed of snapper, the ones with those knobby, bumpy things on their head, Patrick, those ones. <laughs> They've, uh, they have been in very, very good numbers out of Bateman's. Four to five kilo, beautiful fish. Man, they look different, Pat. They just look so
1: different. Do like, they do they capture different? How you're attacking them?
2: Uh, so you're fishing them the same up there, up that area. You just see so they're mixed in with the normal-headed snapper. You get the ugly ones like me, and then you get the good-looking ones like our producer Brooksy. So there's a few different different snapper up that way, but basically you just plastics. You got your jigs, yep. You got your baits as well. Every method works for them, and there's a lot of fish there. So
1: you target uh, snapper. So how you will target snapper? Obviously depending on whether you're fishing inside of Port Phillip Bay or you're fishing offshore. Are you still targeting the tide zones around that? Yeah.
2: I love the flow, so I love when it gets going. So I get there when it's slack and then I fish as it runs. It's the best time to do any sort of fishing, in my opinion. So just as it starts to go, that first hour and a half is generally your best and try and get them going and then they'll go. But it'll be the same up there too. I don't like that tide change as such that people talk about. I don't like that. I call it dead water when there's no movement. Not a lot happens. Yeah, So I like it when it's actually moving.
1: Speaking of things happening, uh, there's been some kings reported in Sydney uh, harbour reaching nearly one metre uh, and some smaller ones as well. Now, these things do start to go Redmond when they when they get up and running and you can catch them pretty much on anything, which is a lot easier than the Victorian waters that you and I fish mostly. Um, but some good reports to hear that as we head into the summer months.
2: 100%. It's much, much better fishing. Uh, in the in the Sydney Harbour, and like you said before, once you get these things going, they feed very well. Uh, the Sydney Harbour is a very, great, is a very very good fishery, and to find these fish in there, you, the bird life's your dead giveaway. So you've got your birds sitting on top of them, and your size of your fish are often going to be smaller than bigger, but there is really, really good fish to be caught in there, and like I said, these ones are up to that nearly metre mark, so very, very good fishing on the Kings.
1: Heading further north, Queensland Yellowfin tuna from the Gulf it's Coast to Brisbane. Time.
2: This is cool. This is great. 40
1: to 100 kilos, stick baits and poppers. Talk to me about this.
2: Yeah, this is unbelievable. So this is great to see. So out of Queensland there, Gold Coast to Brisbane, uh, 300 metres of water to 1,000 metres. Now, these fish you can't pinpoint as such. You need to to cover distance. You can either use your lures to cover distance to mark them up to find them in the area, or you can do your visual aspect of it, which comes to it of obviously looking for the life, uh, looking for the fish actually jumping themselves and and so on. So – Different methods to looking for them, but like like you stated before, the stick baits and the poppers have been the go-to.
1: How do you work that on? Like how, how small a rod can you go? Like can you go on 18,000 and still cover decent distance? Obviously you need to have a, a longer rod, so I was talking about real before, the 18,000. Um, how small can you go on a fish that's 100 kilos? Clearly you can do on a 40, you can go small, but 100's a different a different kettle of fish, Redmond.
2: I'd be going with some serious outfit here. I'd be yep. going. I'd, I wouldn't be messing around in the slightest. I would not be messing around at all. I would be going in all arm swinging. So especially casting these big stick stick baits and big poppers, I'd have a eighty to one hundred pound rod as such. I'd be something. Yeah, serious. wow. Yeah, yeah. Forty kilo fish is going to give you grief. So, yeah, I just actually received these new Megabass Bass rods uh, from Frogleys during the week uh, for casting at fish GTS and local tuning here. I got a different variety of them to do different things. And I'm really excited to use them. I'll give you a review on them once we use them over the summer, Pat, on the local tuner, and
1: if we do travel a little bit too. I might, um, might pinch one of those. Uh, Rainbow Beach Charter is getting their clients onto some great fish as well: red emperor, snapper, and pearl perch, to name a few. Heading over to the west, land-based off Perth Metro waters, uh, there was a fish. A metre long. And this is unusual in itself because the fish was a snapper weighing 9.8 kilos casting off the beach. Is that the biggest you've heard of? What's the biggest snapper you've ever caught, Edmund?
2: My biggest is my biggest. I've caught around that 11.5 kilo mark, 11, 11.5 11 kilo. So they get, but that off land base is sensational fish and just goes straight to show the fishery off Perth uh, weighing at 9.8. That's a long fish, metre eight. Huge. Like 1. 1.8, 1.08. Sorry. But that's a, that's a, that's a big fish, a metre fish. So uh, I'm surprised that actually didn't weigh a little bit more, but the cracking photo of it too I went around the social media. So well done to the gentleman who caught that. And then you're heading up north to a place, which is the Glenelg. So it's not the Glenelg River here in Victoria, Pat. Whether it runs all the way up there, I don't actually know that. But <laughs> basically the Glenelg up north of, Qu- of North WA, sorry, the Barra and the Jacks are fishing unbelievably good. Uh, Kimberley Quest runs a great operation there. They're a great charter boat. Incredible! I've never been on there, but they gone by they catch. Yeah, they 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 run a really really good show there. So something to uh, I'm one of those guys for people that are looking to head up to WA.
1: One well, the most amazing boats you could ever possibly imagine. Uh, Fisheries WA posted during the week today at Waruna Trout Fest is on. So from ten am at Drakesbrook weir, you can learn about the trout stocking program discover hatch care tips and get your kids involved in the casting competitions they've also got uh, a few of their senior research scientists on hand uh, to take you through the the do's and don'ts and how they um how they work their fisheries program so that's on at waruna trap fest which is wonderful drake's book Weir is the location where it's at redmond
2: Heading to Tasmania now, uh, Browns River. Oh, sorry, actually, I skipped the place that I was at, South Australia. Sorry, I'm going to take you back on a flight. So we're going back to South Australia.
1: Wallaroo, there's no whiting left, apparently.
2: Yes, well, there is. We chucked a heap back, but we lost the competition because we're very uneducated,
1: Nettie and I. But basically, he's a. You'll sleeper. learn plenty about that uh, in the next segment. Yeah. So stick cool. around.
2: <laughs> we, that. we fished very well. At Wallaroo, we got plenty of whiting. Some we didn't smash the squid, but we did well on the squid. I did. Some did a lot better than others, <coughs> myself included. Better than them. And uh, fishing, we actually fished more up towards that Point Hughes area. So we travelled up about 18 k's. And then a few of the guys that went even further south, so pushed out further, they got even bigger fish. So uh, it would be pay to be a local there. Let's put it that way. But there's some very, very good fishing. Like we've never been there before, and we did very well. So it fished very good. Elston, the whiting and the squid fishing also very good with a few flathead mixed in too. I like if- that. Yeah, flaties are good. Like I said, we had a great time during the week on them. And heading across to Tasmania, Patrick, I mentioned them before, but we better get into that report.
1: Yeah, the Browns River, some huge brimmed 45 centimetres caught on soft plastics. Now, that's big in itself. If you're not into fishing and you don't understand how the growth rates of different fish work, you can catch a sailfish uh, that's a billfish that can be two metres long and, you know, 12 months old versus a 45-centimetre brim. That's a fish that's 10, 12-plus years of age, and that is a good size uh, brim, that's for sure. Lake Crescent holding some huge brown trout right now. Little hard-bodied divers are working the best. Fish to eight pounds have been reported, which is great to hear. Heading uh, across the Bass Strait, Redmond, uh, Victoria, the barrels continue. In Portland, and you have your Victorian report.
2: The hotspot is now Portland. So there's a few out of Western Port still. I haven't heard of anything out of the Port Phillip Bay heads as such. Portland's on fire. Of course, Port Mac will chuck that in the Vic Report too. That's fishing okay as well. But We
1: continue to get great uh, great feedback from that on my socials, yeah. Redmond, every every week from um, a few Crow supporters.
2: All feedbacks, good feedback. It's uh, Portland, yeah, He's definitely the hotspot for them right now with boats getting five to eight shots a day, which is very, very good to see. The small streams up at Gin. I've actually fished there for trout bleeds or not on the fly when i was a lot younger but we caught some beautiful trout there in the little streams and also they're fish there at the moment but this time the report was on little spinners but i'm tipping in those streams if you use the fly you won't have an issue there either the gippsland lakes the whiting are on fire there which is good uh, the netting stopped there and basically we're going to talk about it next week i just didn't have enough information and wasn't prepared enough today but the portland bay has stopped netting in there, which has just been approved, but we'll have a, more of a detail in the start of the show next week of what the actual go is there. I'll, read the, I'll get the fisheries report sent to me, and I'll re- read that off there for us with what's happening. Western Port Snapper have kicked into gear, so that's good to see. So they're going very good. Port Phillip Bay has started, but a little bit slow, but they have started. There's much, a lot more fish being caught, and we've got this nice weather coming into next week with the over the boat show and whatnot. So Port Phillip Bay will go absolutely nuts as well. So very, very good. And the dolphins are giving us absolute grief on the squid uh, at Queenscliff. So what I mean by that is there's just more and more dolphins getting around everywhere these days. Like every year you go out, there's more and more dolphins coming into these areas. It's because of the baits coming as well. They're following that. And in the bay, we have our residential uh, dolphins in there, the, the bottlenose dolphins and they live in the Portland Bay, and there's so many of them right now, and they are in plague proportions on the calamari. So usually we anchor up on the squid pad. We get a week on those squid, right? Some days you're finding these eggs and there's nothing on them, and the eggs weren't there two days ago. So literally getting absolutely cleaned out by these dolphins. Uh, can't do anything about it um, at all. But as I say that with a grin, but you no, know, you can't do anything about it. But it is uh, <laughs> it is a shame to see that squid fishery has been affected
1: by these dolphins. No, I'm going to wrap up the segment before you start to talk about your harpoon <laughs> news. That was the whip around for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au
0: you're listening to real adventures talking all things fishing boating and the great outdoors for melbourne boat show docklands october 26th to 29th on water off water free tickets and information online and for razorback 4x4 australia's best four-wheel drive sea covers with protection like no other
1: now time for All Aboard for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. And, Redmond, it's an absolute SHIT show this morning because Meg McHenry, our special guest, is joining us live from his boat fishing with Tommy Jonas, export ex-Port Adelaide skipper. Morning, Nettie.
3: <laughs> morning, Paddy. It is that. Anything involved with me and fishing is usually SHIT, mate, so I'll fit in with the snow beautifully. How are you going?
1: Now going well, mate. Now you are, of course, uh, you know an AFL player playing for the Adelaide Crows. We know you more of the Seven News Adelaide Thursday <laughs> Fishing Report, which we absolutely love, Redmond.
2: Yeah, it, uh, it's a good laugh that one, Pat. If that's what you're going towards. No. <laughs>
3: Yes, no, got lots of feedback. Have... Recently fished with our Red in Wallaroo, so he gave me plenty of feedback on the segment, but I'm good to see us. Channel 7 in South Australia's reaching Moggs Creek, Pat,
1: so that's good to know. I tune in every Thursday. Hey, oh, <laughs> that's where I want to kick things off because Aaron actually called me very unhappy because this morning's interview is all about a bit of a review of the North Bank fishing competition, and you're going to chat a bit about your new <laughs> 650 hardtop, obviously, but he wasn't super happy with the level of uh, organisation that you showed Ned. <laughs> there
3: There's probably plenty of examples where my lack of organisation would have been on show, but probably none more so than when uh, Aaron rocked up and I, I think he expected the boat to be ready and packed and fishing gear all organised, but we were a long way off that, mate. I had sandwiches to make, I had all kinds of things to do, so it was a rude shock for Aaron.
1: There is absolutely no excuse for not being organised <laughs> as the boat runner, owner, etc.,
3: no,
2: mate, things got done off. just in my own time. <laughs> I'll feel the, so I, I got off an aeroplane, right, roughly 2 o'clock. We needed to be up there. Not 2. It was no rush to get there. But you would think that he'd have his jocks packed or something along the line. <laughs> to that. We literally rocked up, and he, he rocked up in his teammate's car, not even his own. The, the boat was hooked up. I'll give him that. There was no rods, <laughs> no bait, no bagpack, nothing. And I literally <laughs> had to go
1: in his house and feed the dog. He, <laughs> he should have been awake since 6 a.m., Aaron.
2: <laughs> that training schedule at Adelaide, they're even in pre-season, they got him down there at 6, I think. So uh, Exactly.
3: I'm training, Aaron. You don't realise. I've actually got stuff to do in the morning. That I wanted your consideration, mate, with what we needed to pack, what color t T-shirts I needed, my jocks, everything. And we got it done and we got there in the
2: end, didn't we? So stop complaining. It was, it was 2.30. You started at 6.30. You ran for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get to the more important stuff. We are going to get into your 650 North Bank in a minute or two, but we had a great time at the North Bank event, didn't we?
3: Mate, we had a great time. It was good to get up to Wallaroo. I haven't actually fished there or been there that much. So the comp is obviously a good excuse to get up there and try something a bit different. And obviously you've never fished there um, at all, but it didn't take you long to work it out. So we we had a cracking trip, mate.
1: I was following over socials to see how you two Muppets would go because obviously FaceTime you on the way over there. Reception, you know, out of Adelaide, isn't great? It's safe to say, Aaron. I'm um, in the
2: desert.
1: Leave, something to be, leave something to be desired, anyway. Um, and you were very confident that um, that Aaron would boat a few fish, which he did. Tell me and take me through. How many did you catch, and where did you two muppets finish?
2: You go, Nettie. I'll let you. Have Am I? It. Like- you can have the
3: limelight, maybe. You can have it. A- <laughs> so, righty Pat. So, it was a waller at comp. So, there was plenty of different categories. We had biggest whiting, um, bag limits, all kinds of different things. The bad thing is, and the problem, Patty, was that <laughs> Red and I are so disorganized that we didn't even read the categories or know what they involved. So, so here we were. out. We got 50 bloody whiting, threw 20 back, and had 30 of a really nice bag, and that meant absolutely stuff all. <laughs> No, the worst we, we were driving in thinking we were absolute guns. We we thought we honestly had the comp wrapped up. We didn't even win a category. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, the worst part about it is Rob must have given him some bag the night before, so Rob, former owner of North Bank, which had the rules and regs in it, and Ned didn't bring it out on the boat, so we had no <laughs> idea what we were doing.
1: Aaron, even if it was on the boat, there is, and you know this as much as I do, there is no way you would have even taken the time to look at it you would have looked at. I'm going to catch the most amount of fish. No yeah. one will get near me, and I'll be in by ten am. I will
2: tell you what, Nettie, we vouch for this. I think we did catch the most amount of fish. It just had no relevance <laughs> to the competition. Yeah,
3: we did. So, we won our own categories, mate. We had a good time, so we were good.
1: <laughs> so, so boys, take me through what were the categories and who were the who were the triumph winners.
3: I'm still not sure what the categories even were, Pat. So you, just let me go and have a read, and then I, and then I'll find out. No, mate, we. <laughs> We did do well. I mean, Red obviously is a gun, as you know. Like he can find fish in the bloody in the middle of the desert. So we did really well. We got we got, got about 50 whiting overall and upsized them. So we ended up with our bag on them. We got plenty of squid on the way home. Um, snook was a category, so I, we managed a few snook and a red mullet, which was also a category. So we ticked every box, mate, and got plenty of really nice whiting. So it was bloody well, it was good.
2: for he means category? We caught everything for every category, but we had no actual relevance to the category. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, Aaron, uh, obviously, there's a couple of things we want to discuss this morning. One being the new 650 hardtop that Nettie's just taken delivery of. The fact he's actually out on it right now <laughs> just shows how much he's enjoying it. The other is I want you to take us through the trip to to Wallaroo, Aaron, because you weren't super enthused by the beautiful Toyota 79 series that uh, that Nettie McHenry is running. No, I don't like
2: that thing. <laughs> you can have your farm car, I'll call it. Oh, <laughs> No, no, I had to seriously sleep on a cushion that night in bed because my butt was that sore for driving. (laughs) But, uh, Patrick... I nearly had to do my windows up with my arm. What's going on there? And then I'm pretty sure at one stage Ned went to remove the, move the mirror, and I had to stick my arm out and move the mirror for him. So uh, we're, we're behind times in the '79 series, and that climate control, let's say, did not existent. So yes, the '79 series, if you want one from Toyota, the a the great vehicle. It goes 120k. You have nearly got to use the Freddie Flintstone and start walking there. But. The boat itself, it was absolutely brilliant. I love the boat that Ned is rolling in. That 650 North Bank is obviously what I have coming soon. And I'm going to get Ned to talk a little bit about here, about uh, the difference in driving that boat, Ned, to a six-metre. Now, it's easy for someone like myself to do it because obviously I drive boats for a living and quite some time. But just take us through the difference in driving your six-metre to a 650 with the way the wind pushes it, understanding how it sits in the water, pushing the, pushing the boat down with a throttle. How did you go finding all that as you get to learn to drive this boat?
3: yeah good point mate so i've only had the boat for about two weeks but i've already done over 40 hours so i actually have been out using the boat and and getting used to it and there's been lots to learn the biggest adjustment obviously is the weight and the weight in different areas so having the hard top that means obviously the wind the wind gets it a little bit more and you've got a little bit more weight up up top so you were talking to me about just rolling down swell and and rolling down waves with a a bit more force to keep my nose up comparatively to to what the six meter was so Definitely different learnings, and you were great with explaining some of that, mate. But um, overall, I've loved it. It's a, it's a big boat. It's a bigger boat to, than my six-meter. I've got the 250-horsepower Merc, which is sensational. And, um, yeah, I'm just getting used to it but absolutely loving it.
1: Now, Aaron was taking the mickey out of it. Uh, the 79 Series towing it, like the, the weight under tow, no troubles whatsoever.
3: No troubles whatsoever. Like I know Aaron was having a laugh and you probably have a laugh too, Pat about how agricultural they are. And well, that's I love what them. they are. Like
0: no, they're I love simple,
3: them. they're basic, nothing breaks. Um it'll never it'll never let me down. And and that's what I love about it. And we obviously run run some lambs too. So <laughs> what's he got for us now? Come on, Red, what do you got now?
2: I was just saying you summed it up well by saying they're basic. I thought that was great.
1: <laughs> 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 it's um it actually went over Aaron's head when you said agricultural.
2: Um, <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I knew he was talking about our um, medication, kind of chemistry there. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> at least it makes Ned feel like a farmer as he drives it, you know, down the middle.
2: No, we, we had you know have,
1: of the parade down at Norwood.
2: We had a great of him regarding his farming and stuff, I give I give the young fellow credit. He's twenty three. He's got some seriously good fishing business. He loves his fishing. He has a good crack at it. He's also got a lot to do in the farming world, too, and uh, he's doing very well, obviously, at the Adelaide Crows, too. So he's, he's a good young kid there, Patrick. He's hand- oh, wow. A little bit of positivity to leave Red. But is, is he all right? Can someone get a temp hope, check on Red, please? I hope <laughs> you gives the advice of what I say and buy yourself a car with cushions.
1: Now, Ned, <laughs> you are in the middle of the off-season at the moment. You're obviously out in the boat with the great Tommy Jonas. Former Port Adelaide skipper, what's the off-season been like for you so far? Obviously, you've had the North Bank fishing comp. Have you got any other fishing trips lined up?
3: Yes, so I am out actually currently as we speak with the great Tommy Jonas. He's a very good man, obviously Port Adelaide skipper, so he's he's very scary out on the field. But once you get him out in the boat and, and socially, he's actually a very, very good bloke and very smart. But we're out fishing at the moment. So it's really just fishing, mate, and, and a lot of training. But, um, yeah, as Red said, I do love my fishing, so I get out as much as I can as well as running a few lambs and stuff. So it has been busy. Try and train in the mornings, get that done early, and then head out in the boat and spend the rest of the day bobbing around out here, mate.
1: Well, we love chatting to you and we don't want to hold you up on your uh, fishing exploits this morning. Uh, thanks for running through the North Bank Fishing Comp, your new seven, uh, 650 rather North Bank. Ned McHenry, our special guest and fishing extraordinaire in South Australia with his weekly Thursday fishing report for Channel 7 News. Ned McHenry, thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning.
3: Thank you very much for having me, boys. I'll let you know how we go. I'll send a message across.
1: The great Ned McHenry. Beautiful work, Nettie. Thank you.
3: Thanks, boys. I'll see you soon. See you, Nettie. Thanks, Thanks, mate. See you later, Bye.
1: That was all aboard for Mildura. Unexpected, unforgettable. Start planning and find out for yourself. Visit mildura.com.au. He's a madman, Fredman. He is a madman. I don't know if we're on air at the moment because I don't
2: think we we are. Because that's oh, is it? You have to be a madman to own a '79 series. Let's put it that way.
1: How did you find it, honestly?
2: No, nah, horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Oh, if they're a lot of money for what they are, let's put it that way. But I've got
1: a friend. Yeah, of, not only are they a lot of money. You know what? Since he bought it, it's gone up in value.
2: Well, he did tell me that, and he told me how much. Plus, his discount that he gets through Toyota through the club, he's done very well off that car. <laughs>
0: Reds Review for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. Hey,
1: um, before we have done it for a few weeks, we are overdue uh, for a Reds Review, and this week we're doing a six-month review of your Ram, which I think the model exactly is discontinued now. You can obviously pick a few up from dealerships but they've, they've updated, so not discontinued, that's a lie, but updated the model. Um, how have you found it? Would you buy it again? And is there anything that you would change?
2: Uh, yeah, so the Ram 1500 DS, it's, a, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to own. Uh, I know we're having a bit of a joke about the 79 series and whatnot, and I don't have any affiliation with Ram or anything along the lines. I literally bought this car. But at the start, you heard different rumours and whatnot of people saying along the lines of, oh, they're, they're thirsty, petrol-hungry, this and that, you know, have dramas, this and that. Well, I'm up to my – I've had my two service, the first and second service now, and I haven't had a drama with the car other than crashing it. I haven't had a drama with the car at all. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to drive. Uh, everyone that gets in it, the one thing that we really like is we do a lot of travelling, Pat. Yep. The comfort this has, and you're sat in it, it's second to none. So there's so much space in it and along the lines of that. It's extremely good at towing. It's built to tow, and it pulls very, 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 very good. Does it use fuel when you're towing boats, especially something like yours? Yes, it does. But what you're paying for is the comfort. So I reckon yours, Pat, on a standard ground, I'm roughly using about 28 liters per yep. 100, and then per on mine, I reckon at my boat, I should say, my six metre, I'm using about 23. So it drops. And what into- about normally? I, I normally I'm about 11 to 12. so it's it's pretty good so it's about 11 12 and if you get a bit excited red lights like myself and put your foot down a little bit jumps up a bit more but it just depends how you drive it but it's on in all honesty i I was a bit worried about the fuel and whatnot you do you get 125 liter tank i think they are so you get that extra i'm getting about a thousand liters out of the tank roughly but when it depends on guys yeah yeah, sorry sorry a thousand k's out of the tank sorry uh, and if I'm towing a little bit more, I don't get as much. But for comfort, for pulling, and everything that I need it for is great. Getting it around locally around the supermarkets along the lines of that, they're a little bit challenging. They, it is a little bit challenging, in all honesty. It's, uh, yeah, like you go to the local supermarket, and I always park up the back and take up an extra park or two. Will I fit in a normal park? Yeah, just, maybe, but I've got that extended tow ball at the back, that Gen Y tow ball, which sticks out an extra couple of feet, which takes up. And then you've got the nose that sticks out too. So a bit of a pain in the backside. And it's probably a bit of an earlier gaffier pattern. I don't know if you've seen the people that have been popping the tires on all the SUVs and the big trucks around Melbourne lately, especially around that St. Kilda, Brighton sort of area.
1: Yes, Um, absolutely. It's really crap. wouldn't be happy. No, so
2: those idiots there that are popping the tyre. I mean, the RACV SUV that comes out to help fix that car doesn't use any more emissions than what that SUV. Was anyway. <laughs> yeah. So you idiot, you'd double anyway there, but because they've still got to get home, so they're going to use the same amount. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm a bit worried about your tyres getting popped because I don't think they are very, I guess,
1: environmentally friendly.
2: Emissions coming off these aren't probably going to be environmentally <laughs> friendly at all. But they are – no, they are a good – they are a very, very good tow vehicle. If you're in the market, go test, drive one. And like I said, no affiliation here. I purely bought this. Next, what would I try? Would I try the F-150 or would I try the Chev? I think that's going to be – well, would I go Ram again? I don't know. But give it a couple of years. <laughs> you know, like the old tax write-off, Patrick, when the tax man says that I need to do something. <laughs> We uh we'll probably reconsider that and I think I would probably give another another brand a uh, a chop out, whether it's Chev or something, or F one fifty Ford, which is a beautiful car which you've had experience with that I, I do want to check out. But all around, I really, really like the vehicle.
1: I really want would to. Would you if you didn't do the job that you do, yep. so you live rurally, essentially, yep. like you you know, you're 40 minutes outside of Geelong, half an hour. Um, but it's not like you're spending a lot of time in inner city Melbourne. Is there in any way that you could live with this car on a daily basis if it was your daily driver and yeah. you worked in inner city?
2: Where the- I live, where I live, hundred percent fine. I, that's not I me. Mean. But the other day, I well, for example, we got the boat show next week, right? I won't be taking my car to Melbourne. I yeah. like, when I got my hospital appointments and for my heart and the likes, I have to take the Mrs. car. That's where it's yeah. plain house. It's just, it just, you just can't get it right. You say to the, you say to someone uh basically can you drive or oh, actually when we had that uh i had that donate life event i rang joel because i knew we had a raptor i said how do you go park in your car and amy because i can carrie had the kids and needed her car so it was like how do i do this it's always a question with it anywhere in the city you're going to struggle but basically uh, wrong person
1: I, to ask he's not a great driver
2: isn't
1: he no <laughs> well he's a fast driver
2: well, it drives fast, doesn't he, old jolly TAC? But uh, basically, uh, yeah, it's a hard. It's definitely a hard car in the city, but where I live, hundred percent get away with it, and where you live, Pat, hundred percent get away with it.
1: Reg's review of his Ram fifteen hundred. Uh, if you want more information, where'd you buy it from, Robin?
2: uh Northern Motor Group in uh, sort of out. Uh, where is it, way. So Northern Motor Motor Group in Bunduraway. They were extremely good to deal with. Very helpful and. Uh, they let them let me to drive the different models and all the likes. So, which helps out obviously buying a car. I ended up realizing by doing that, I was actually going to spend, I was going to spend around that 175 starting mark on the limited edition or the limited, the random
1: ridiculous edition. for a car.
2: But what I, yes. Well, you, you think when you go in to drive these Pat, you look at these and go, oh, do I need that? Oh, it's got this, it's got that. And then, I drove. They got the same exact. From my car to that has the exact same engine. Yes, it's got leather, this and that. I'm jumping out of salt water into the car. It's got the electric windows. It's got uh, dual climate control. It's got the big Apple um, Apple Play screen. It had everything I need, and I just couldn't justify the extra seventy grand or sixty grand, whatever it was. And that was starting. So a few extras on mine to say an extra seventy grand. I couldn't justify that, and that's why I went to the lower model because it pulls exactly the same as what the limited does.
1: That is Reg's review for the week. You're listening real adventures.
0: That was Red's review for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors. For Melbourne Boat Show Docklands, October 26th to 29th, on water, off water. Free tickets and information online. And for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive sea covers with protection like no other.
1: Welcome back to Real Adventures. We are on the home straight now, which brings us straight to Red's tip. What do you have for us for the weekend, Redmond?
2: just want to talk a little bit about fishing as such in general and going to a new place. Now, for instance, I went to a new place during the week – well, sorry, last weekend, I should say. It was this time last weekend, and I fished with Ned McHenry, right? And all your South Australian fishermen fish with the, your, your sinker on the bottom and your two hooks above it. That's how uh, – Pat Noster rig two hooks. Yep. Which is – I understand why a bit slower tidal area, not as much tide, and the weed can be quite dense. Well, when I rocked up, Patrick – into 16 meters of water. I used my Navionics to find where I was going to fish, worked a treat, marked up this beautiful ground, bang, straight into the whiting. Within a couple of minutes, I'll tell you what, I had my rig changed to my Foot port port bay rig because when you're in 16 meters of water, we're using a four-ounce sinker out there. The tide was pushing beautifully and I absolutely loved it. And I went back to my standard fishing way. And I'll tell you what, I caught plenty more fish than what Ned and the other gentleman on the boat did, Timmy, who was the physio for the Adelaide Crows, a lovely fella. And Long story short, always go back to what you know rather than – don't be afraid, sorry, to try to go back to what you know rather than just sticking to what everyone does. Don't get me wrong. The people caught fish on that Pat Noster rig, but as someone that fishes both here, in my opinion, for me, the extended Pat Noster, the long rig out the bottom, that tidal rig, sat beautifully in the water, and I caught plenty of fish on it and didn't have any dramas with the weed or the pickets because there was tide. Where the tide keeps it up off it. If there was tide and it was sinking into it, it wouldn't work. But that tide just, that bait just sat beautifully above it, and those whiting kept taking that bait, as well as the other boys were running the, the two hooks. The bottom hook kept getting taken. It was never the top hook. It was always the bottom hook, the one closest, which was another reason that I also changed to that rig, and I felt it was so efficient up there. It worked really, really well. So don't be afraid to fish the same way and try. You know, it's always nice to try new things, but do what works for you as well.
1: Oh, that's good, Redman. That's good. I like that because uh, you do need to do uh, what works for you and, and what doesn't. You do need to be respectful of the tides and how they can affect <laughs> the fishing in certain areas that you go. You also do need to understand that it can affect the uh, performance of your boat, say, depending on the draft, which is the amount of boat under the waterline, Yep. This proved to be a significant issue for – well, I don't know. I don't want to get too political here. I don't see he's poli- uh, particularly well liked, but billionaire Australian businessman Clive Palmer's boat running aground in Singapore during the week, uh, San Rosa Island. Clive Palmer was apparently on board, and there's some very humorous footage of the boat running aground. There's nothing quite like a $40 million superyacht running aground and being able to witness it. Now he's probably laughing at us, Redmond, just a little. Essence running our uh, you know radio show uh, radio show on a Saturday morning and he's in his forty million dollar soup yacht, but we get to enjoy the fact that it ran aground.
2: Yeah, well Mark, I'm not sure if he's listening to Real Avengers this morning, old Clive, but
1: he's featuring though. He's featuring
2: He's probably not our audience. He's he's probably still awake, let's put it that way, but he's uh, he's definitely uh, Done himself an absolute mischief imagine running that into the ground you'd feel like an absolute idiot but <laughs>
1: well, if you need uh, if you need a hookup with like a, a new transducer or a new sounder Aaron can help you out just just drop into his DMs and um, and he'll do the best he can he'll make sure to, um, next you? time next time you yeah, next time you do run aground, it's on rocks and not on sand. Uh, thanks for your company this morning on Real Adventures. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll do it all again next week for the Melbourne Boat Show. Aaron and I will be there from the twenty sixth to the twenty ninth. It is in Melbourne Docklands. It is outdoors, but it promises to be a wonderful event. Come and say good day to the Real Adventures crew. We'll see you there.